0: Welcome to the Medicine Path Podcast. I'm Jordan, a regular host. Um, So this episode, episode three, um, I want to talk about shamanism and the word shaman and its origins and why I don't use that word, uh, even though a lot of people use that word um, to describe what I do and what a lot of my colleagues do. So just kind of where that comes from and and related terminology and just getting into what is what is a shaman and why why it's a controversial term. (coughs) So uh I feel like to get to really get into that, I want to use some dictionary definitions of some different terms, along with my own interpretations of those as well. So I actually want to start with the term mysticism so <coughs> mysticism uh, definitions one belief that union with or absorption into the deity or the absolute or the spiritual apprehension of knowledge inaccessible to the intellect may be attained through contemplation and self-surrender two the practice of religious ecstasies, together with whatever ideologies, ethics, rites, myths, legends, and magic may be related to them. It may also refer to the attainment of insight and ultimate or hidden truths, and to human transformations supported by various practices and experiences. 3. Belief in, or experience of, a reality surpassing normal human understanding or experience, especially a reality perceived as essential to the nature of life. So, uh, just on that, um, I work with the terms ordinary reality and non-ordinary reality, both vital parts of reality. So, uh, four, a system of contemplative prayer and spirituality aimed at achieving direct intuitive experience of the divine. So that's mysticism, I feel like that relates very much to what the modern umbrella term of shamanism is. Also, animism is another term, so dictionary definitions of animism. 1. The attribution of a living soul to plants, inanimate objects, and natural phenomena. 2. The belief in a supernatural power that organizes and animates the material universe. a village steeped in ancient animism and rituals. Three, animism, from Latin anima, breath, spirit, life, is the religious belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence. Potentially, animism perceives all things, animals, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and even perhaps words as animated and alive. Four, animism. Belief in innumerable spiritual beings concerned with human affairs and capable of helping or harming human interests. Animistic beliefs were first completely, competently surveyed by Sir Edward Burnett Tyler in his work Primitive Culture in 1871, to which is owed the continued currency of the term. While none of the major world religions are animistic, though they may contain animistic elements, most other religions, example those of tribal peoples, are. For this reason, an ethnographic understanding of animism based on field studies of tribal peoples is no less important than a theoretical one concerned with the nature of or, or origin of religion. So just on animism, um, and just on these definitions as well, these are definitions that come from a Western worldview. These definitions concerning tribal peoples and tribal belief systems, these are coming from people that are not from those belief systems. These are coming from Western ideologies, um, from a Western worldview, so it's, it's from the outside looking in. <coughs> and another point on animism specifically. Uh, in my tradition, we look at, uh, I suppose, a, a spiritual essence in, in everything, uh, a soul in everything, consciousness in everything. Um, and a big part of what medicine is, or mishkiki, what medicine is to me, um, kind of falls into these definitions of animism, and it's very much related to mysticism, and it gets used very much to, um, well, it very, it very well fits into the shamanic umbrella, um, the modern term, and, and the umbrella that everything fits in. So... Uh, Another just little point um, talking about that, uh, let's see, where was that line? Um, Perceiving all things, animals, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and even words as animated and alive. Um, Looking at the... Sorry for the pause there. So... The attribution of a living soul to plants and animal objects, natural phenomena, um, a supernatural power that organizes animates the material universe, and um, everything possessing a distinct spiritual essence. So um, that all also sounds a lot to me like the Māori word Modi, so the Modi, the essence that exists in everything. Everything has Modi, and that's the same thing as Mishkiki and one We talk about mishkiki, the medicine that that everything has that essence. So um, that's animism. And then looking at holism as another term. So one, in philosophy, holism is the theory that parts of a whole are in intimate interconnection, such that they cannot exist independently of the whole, or cannot be understood without reference to the whole, which is thus regarded as greater than the sum of its parts. Holism is often applied to mental states, language, and ecology. Now, In medicine, the treating of the whole person, taking into account mental and social factors rather than just the symptoms. 2. Holism is the idea that systems and their properties should be viewed as wholes, not just as a collection of parts. The term holism was coined by Jan Smuts. Alfred Adler considered holism as a concept that represents All of the holes in this universe, and that these holes are the real factors in the universe. So, that's another term that relates very much and fits inside the modern term shamanism and the shamanic umbrella. So, the term shamanism itself. One, shamanism is a practice that involves a practitioner reaching altered states of consciousness in order to perceive and interact with what they believe to be a spirit world, and channel these transcendental energies into this world. <clears throat> 2. Religion practiced by indigenous peoples of far northern Europe and Siberia that is characterized by belief in an unseen world of gods, demons, and ancestral spirits, responsive only to the shamans. Also, any similar religion. How broad of a definition is that? Um, a shaman is someone who is regarded as having access to and influence in the world of benevolent and malevolent spirits, who typically enters into a trance state during a ritual and practices divination and healing? The word shaman probably originates from the Tungusic Ivenki language of North Asia. According to ethnolinguist Yuha Yanhunen, the word is attested in all of the Tungusic idioms, such as Negidal, Lamut, Udehi, Orochi, Nanai, Ilcha, Orok, Manchu, and Ulcha. And nothing seems to contradict the assumption that the meaning shaman also derives from proto tungusic and may have roots that extend back in time at least two millennia. The term was introduced to the West after Russian forces conquered the shamanistic Khanate of Kazan in 1552. (coughs) So just looking at all of those terms and the the dictionary definitions and everything like that. the term shaman appears to be used today to refer to anyone who works with spirits from some kind of traditional indigenous approach. It's often said that a shaman works through ecstatic trance states to do their work, and other related terms are soul retrieval, psychedelic medicine, things like that, but really, what, what is a shaman? The term appears to originate from Tungus tribal groups in Siberia and Mongolia. If that's its origin, is calling anyone else a shaman actually cultural appropriation? Putting that aside for a minute, one explanation of what a shaman is, is someone who has access or is regarded to having access to and influence in the world of benevolent and malevolent spirits, who typically enters into practices of divination and healing, trance states, etc. If that's all a shaman is, then that really includes a very large percentage of practitioners of divination and healing. In fact, practitioners of holism, animism, mysticism, and traditional medicine of all sorts kind of fall loosely into the same category of practitioner as a shaman. So, is it okay for the term shaman to be the universal term that kind of gets everybody lumped into? Just looking at who, what cultures, what what types of practitioners, and what cultures use the term shaman today Um, across North America, the people who work with medicine people who walk the path of medicine do not call themselves shamans as a general rule there I'm sure there are exceptions to that but for the most part most northern north american natives and the practitioners of healing and medicine and spirituality don't call themselves shamans at at most call themselves traditional helpers or don't really themselves anything, but the communities usually call them traditional helpers or traditional healers, or uh, sometimes holy men or holy women, um, sometimes medicine men, medicine woman, medicine people, people who work with medicine, um, uh, titles aren't really a big thing, um, there are a few different types of, a few different types of roles in Native American society that would be classed as medicine people, and there are ones that work with purely spiritual things, there are ones that work mostly with the plants, some that work mostly with the stones, some that work mostly with fungi, some that work um, with songs, stories, um, so on and so forth. And um, there's, just in just in Anishinaabe culture, there's many different, um, I guess, schools of what the modern world would call shamanism, and there are the Medewan Society, and there's uh, the Wabanaki Lodge, the, the Shaky Tent people. Uh, there's there's lots of different um, different groups with different schools of thought that um, I suppose the modern world or the Western world would would dub them shamans um, all across North America. Most North American natives, uh, practitioners within Native North America, I guess, uh, are often called shamans by outsiders. Now, uh, most Native Americans aren't really keen on that term, at least in North America. Um, But, granted, in Central and South America, the term shaman gets used a little bit more freely, and there's, there's a lot more use of that term, a lot more people, Either call themselves shamans or their communities call them shamans But the term shaman still doesn't come from from that part of the world either, you know Um, In the north we've got Miguel and we've got wabano and we've got jisaki and things like that and in Anishinaabe country in South America there are curanderos um, people Who cure? Um, Vegetalismos uh, people who work with plant medicines there are (coughs) All kinds of different terms that are used uh, across North and South America that often also get referred to as shamans or shamanic practitioners. Um, Then there's also all across Northern Europe, um, Teutonic traditions, ancient Germanic, um, high heathen traditions, Old Norse stuff. Um, they all get called shamans then there's the Siberian and Mongolian people who have arguably more right to use the term shaman uh, which I've actually been told uh, in those communities uh, it's pronounced shaman and uh, it means uh, one who sees um, I don't have any any good reference for for that definition or pronunciation other than I've just been told that by like people who've, who've been to and worked with Mongolian shamans. So, I guess my point here is that with indigenous cultures in North and South America, across Asia and Northern Europe, the term shaman gets used, but why doesn't it get used for um, Aboriginal Australian um, practitioners of healing and health? Why doesn't it get used for Tohunga Maori? Um, you know? The Tohunga across Polynesia um, work in pretty much the same worlds and do pretty much the same work that um, that we do back home. Um, there's different groups all over the world, different different cultural groups, different people who work with the same kind of thing, and and they don't they don't use that term, and that term's not used to describe them. Um, Anyway, I feel personally that the term shaman is a cultural term that refers to specific cultures of uh, Siberia and Mongolia and the surrounding areas. Um, I don't know a whole lot about its origin, just you know what I've listed from the dictionary definitions. Um, I don't like the term shaman. Um, people call me a shaman or ask me if I'm a shaman. Um, Regularly, because I have a drum and a staff, and I I work with plant medicines and different things, and I talk about consciousness and and different states of consciousness, and I, I work with entheogenic plant medicines occasionally, and people go, oh, that's all shamanic, right? Well, no, it just it just is. It's these things are universal, you know. People all over the world, almost every culture has an entheogenic plant that guided them into their beliefs and their understandings of the universe. Almost every culture, if not every culture, has a traditional role in society that somebody had to fill that was um, the spiritual guide and the healer. Um, So it's, it's bigger than just one word Describe it. Uh, I actually refer to the, the global archetypal role, not as the archetypal the shaman, but I actually refer to it as the keeper of the sacred. So it's the the person whose role it was to make the divine, the sacred, carry the sacred things for the people, to make the divine accessible to the people of that community. The way that we live in the Western world today, um, it's it's complicated. In comparison to when we lived in traditional societies, traditional communities that relied upon one another, and and there had to be people who carried the sacred things for the people. Um, the way that we live today, it's kind of on the individual. It's it's every individual has to, I guess, look for those answers themselves, and to carry what's sacred to them themselves, and so. I guess, I guess the whole point of this episode is just to kind of explore that term, shamanic, sh- shamanic shamanism, shaman. And uh, just m- my point of view is, uh, it's not a good term to use. I feel like it's taking away from the cultures that the term originated in. And I feel like anthropologists and ethnolinguists and ethnobotanists and people like that have caused damage to <laughs> cultures through the use of that term as an umbrella rather than as a culturally marked specific thing referring to the Evenki Tungusic people and their word and their culture and their meaning. I feel like it's uh it's a mark of the west to come in and make generalizations like that um, and not realize that you're actually causing harm to cultures and almost being hmm, what's the word patronizing almost being patronizing to cultures and things like that to, to sort of come in and be like oh yeah well we use this word just to describe everybody all over the planet that does something that we see as similar In saying that, I suppose, um, when we look at Carl Jung and we look at uh, some of the modern European shamanism that's kind of coming out and and becoming popularized and being talked about more and more, um, it's diving into the soul and it's getting into describing an archetypal role, an archetypal place of humanity, and looking at our beginnings, and things like that, and, um, I feel like it's, it's, what's the word, it's a, it's a hard place to be correct and inclusive without taking from somebody else, but I feel like, in this case, the use of the word shamanism is, is taking from people who haven't given that. Um, the shamanic people uh, of the Tungus, of Enki Tungus tribes in Siberia and Mongolia. I don't think that they gave permission for these anthropologists to go and use the term and throw that term, throw their word around all over the world and misdefine and describe it in a way that kind of makes it everybody's term. I feel like it's appropriating the term and appropriating a part of the culture and um, belittling it to a certain extent. So um, that's that's my perspective. I don't expect anybody to um, subscribe to my understanding about that or, or to, uh, to jump on board with that. Um, it's just something that I know that where I'm from, we don't call ourselves shamans. Uh, the people that work in essentially the same kinds of ways that are these dictionary definitions Just remembering that these dictionary definitions are, they're coming from a Western way of thinking, they're coming from outside the box looking in, they're coming from a place that I feel is is patronizing. And uh, I think most indigenous people are not terribly comfortable with the term, however many accept it. Many accept the term and use the term sort of begrudgingly because that's the term that has become popularized. That's the term that everybody's heard the word shaman. Everybody's got the uh, stereotypical mental image when you say the word shaman. There's a, an old man or an old woman with a drum and wearing teeth around their neck and leathers and hides and connected to an ancient way of living and an ancient way of being and they always have a drum. and. There's always the the trance states and and sitting by the fire and, you know, wild animals walking around them and, you know, all this sort of thing. Um, Shapeshifting and soul retrieval and all this kind of stuff. And I think that it's it's a very romanticized term. Um, Instead of being grounded and real and connected to both ordinary and non-ordinary reality... I feel like it's, um, it's not very well anchored, it's just really romanticized and turned into this really, mm, really high up on a pedestal with a long way to fall kind of way of looking at things, when, uh, for me, the shaman is not, see, I I don't even feel comfortable using the word. Um, let's see, so... I wrote a little little I guess poem about that type of path and what that path is so what I've written is the path of the mystic the shaman those who walk in more than one world and transcend the veil are transcending more than just that they aren't found in temples on high nor in cathedrals they do not wear the robe or the cloth of God they rise with the Sun and move in both light and darkness They walk a path of balance and duality. They are not men, they are not women, they are not human, they are not spirit, they are not good, they are not evil. They are not above, they are not below. They are all things, that they may understand properly the workings of all things. They seek not perfection, neither inwardly nor outwardly, yet they walk the straight and narrow, in a wild and wide berth. They are humble and proud, they are balance, and the grey area in between is their home. They must be as free and as wild as the beings that they work with, and yet be fully aware and consciously walk, be it in blindness or perfect vision. They are a rare breed, and early on in life will wonder where, or if, they truly belong anywhere. The truth is, they belong everywhere, so nowhere is where they feel at home. They can find peace in solitude and will seek it regularly. Not to be antisocial, no, to connect deeper with themselves, the spirits, the earth. The moon, the stars. They love deeper than most, yet often appear aloof and distant. To those who don't walk their paths, they seem contrary. Sometimes they appear eccentric or disconnected from the physical, and that's the price of walking in more than one world. Their path is known by many names, and shaman is just an umbrella that others know them by. They walk a nameless path, for this path is different for each, yet so much the same for us all. So I wrote that in an attempt to describe the path that so many of us do walk, but um, what that's describing is a universal path. It's describing something that transcends culture, it transcends language, I feel, it transcends pretty much any human concept of what a shaman is it's it's something that's that's universal archetypal but we still refer to this archetype or at least in the west this archetype is referred to as the shamanic archetype teachers from all over the place uh, people who who work in or people who call themselves shamanic practitioners when they talk about the shamanic archetype and I mean no disrespect to anybody here and I'm not belittling anyone's path. It's I'm just talking about this term, this umbrella term, shaman, shamanic. It's uh I feel that it's a problem. I feel that um most people who use this term they are talking about all the same thing. They're talking about what what that poem that I just read. They're talking about that. But um I feel like just the term shaman is, is not a term that belongs to anyone outside of the culture it originated in. Um, you know, if, if most people went to the shamans of Siberia and Mongolia coming in from the West and said, hi, I'm a shaman, they they probably wouldn't appreciate it a great deal. Um, And I I can't say that for sure, because I've I've not been to Siberia or Mongolia, I've not met any of these people, Um, you know, I've watched watched documentaries and things, but that's still a perspective coming in from the West and observing, you know, inside the box from the outside. I was taught that uh, to truly understand something, you must stand under it and observe its foundations to be something you have to live as that and um i just i haven't lived in the culture that er, the term originated from so i don't feel totally comfortable using that so if anybody uh, is listening to my podcast later on down the road and thinking that i'm talking about a lot of shamanic principles and things like that i'm not not going to uh i'm not going to pretend that I don't understand the modern term and the umbrella that everything kind of fits in that people call shamanic. I just don't like the term. Um, Specifically, I don't like the term being used to describe pretty much everybody on the planet and everything that everyone's doing on the planet because I feel like that term belongs to... The Tungus evenki people. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful path to walk. It's it's not always a safe path to walk. It's a beautiful path to walk, though. And it's a path that people from every culture can walk. People from all over the world walk this path. And there's different names all over the world for, for this path, this, this uh, shamanic path. I just don't feel like the term shamanic is one that we should use to describe it. Um, I'll probably do another episode, maybe a couple more episodes on this subject and discussing it with other people just further on down the road. Um, But yeah, it's just something that I wanted to bring up early on in the podcast. Um, I'm probably going to do a few different episodes over the next couple of days and then I'm going to slow down to one or two episodes a week um anyway thank you for listening i really really appreciate everybody who has taken time out of their day to to listen to the medicine path podcast to listen to me and and my thoughts and and concerns and the things that i i offer to share with you guys i will start getting into some other topics um pretty soon. I want to do some talking about different traditional herbalism, things like that, some of the plants that I work with. I'll do episodes on some of the plants that I work with. Um, I'll do some episodes on gardening, the spiritual garden, where we'll get into some philosophy, but we'll also get into a little bit of um, you know, how I look after my garden and how I, how I grow some of the things that I grow. Um, if anyone's got any questions about that kind of stuff. Feel free to um, get in touch. Um, I want to do some episodes on you know, things like Vision Quest and um, Sweat Lodge, things like that. I'll do episodes. I'll talk about shadow work and mirror work, and I'll talk about all kinds of different things. So just um, yeah, keep in touch. Keep um, keep listening. I don't know if you can subscribe to the medicine path um, on whatever podcast player you're you're using but if you can please do. Um, I'll uh, I'll put my email address up on the uh, on the podcast player on anchor and um, that way you just if you don't know me on Facebook or, or Instagram or anything like that you can get in touch uh, via email. Uh, yeah thank you very much for listening uh, Brightest blessings bama